Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hi, everyone. It's time for episode 80. Like, holy crap, 8-0. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, this week, uh, this week's episode is about a book that... Okay, the podcast comes out when? Wednesday. So the book came out yesterday, Tuesday. I mean, obviously, if you're not listening on Wednesday, you're listening at any point after Wednesday when podcast comes out. This book is now out and available. So you're going to hear me talk about it if you don't already have it and be able to get it. It won't be a case of me talking about a book that you then have to wait to get now, girl, because it's, it's out. It's out in the world. It is it is available. Um. And you're probably like, are you going to tell us the book? The book is Bidding for the Bachelor by Jackie Lau. That's right. Bidding for the Bachelor by Jackie Lau. And this is book two in the Fong Brothers duo. So if you guys have been listening to the podcast, uh, most of the episodes, you should know by now. I'm a a big fan of Miss Jackie Lau. Um, I think that she is probably one of the authors that I can say without a doubt produces actual rom-coms like there are people who are like my book is rom-com and i'm like oh really because i didn't laugh where was the funny part where was the comedy in this romantic comedy Mm? i know i know like for fact can be engraved in skin fact that i'm gonna pick up one of her books and i'm gonna laugh um I mean, is it possible that that can change in the future? Of course, because she's going to grow and change as an author. Duh. But currently, she is producing very, very good rom-coms, my friends. Um, And this is another really good example. um, Because I think that she's able to inject humor in a way that doesn't feel over the top or put upon. It's just like makes sense for what's the characters and the scene and what's going on so this is book two book one in the duo is um pregnant by the playbook now we're we are obviously we have two main characters um and this is an mm book so we've got cedric fong and brian poon right Cedric Fong, Brian Poon. Now, Cedric Fong has two brothers. He's got an older brother named Julian and a younger brother named Vince. And they already have their books. So if you end up reading Cedric's book and you're like, yo, I want to know like how Julian and Vince got their stories. They already exist. You don't have to wait for them um, because they are already out there. So Julian's book is Mr. Hotshot CEO which is part of the Kwan's sister duo. And then Vince's book is Pregnant by the Playboy, right? So when we meet Julian and Mr. Hotshot CEO, there's brief mentions of, I think, both Cedric and Vince, but it's very brief. Then we get Pregnant by the Playboy. There's a little bit more um, about Cedric. And Brian, right, is in Vince's book because Brian and Vince, when we start, that book are best friends um i mean it's not really a spoiler because i'm pretty sure it's in the blurb for this book by the time we get to this book they're not really quite friends they're kind of like ex-best friends like they're a lot of it has to do with they're in very different places in their lives right so we get sort of like a they're not really quite uh close right um so So, but we, we've met Brian before. Now, actually, I'm going to uh, read you guys, I guess this is like the first page, it's Meet Cedric Fong. Would this also be considered the bike blurb? I'm trying to say. Anyway, it starts off with, this is like very, basically after table of contents. It says, Meet Cedric Fong, dot, dot, dot. I don't need a date. I need to focus on finding a new apartment and finally writing another novel. But as the last single Fong brother, I'm expected to participate in a bachelor auction to benefit my family's charity. When there's a frenzied bidding war, Brian Poon 
my younger brother's ex-best friend, puts an end to the chaos by bidding an eye-watering amount for a Valentine's date with me. Brian used to be a notorious partier, but his life isn't as wild now that his father has cut him off. We have a good time eating and drinking together, and when he finds out about my apartment situation, he offers me his spare room. Once I move in, Brian surprises me by baking his baking me cookies and making it his mission to get me writing again. Soon, I'm working on a new book and getting closer to my roommate, a man who has never had a relationship and is all about casual sex, the opposite of me. He also used to be in love with my brother. I wonder if he still is. So, knowing all that, right, you might be like, but I don't know if I want to read a book about a guy that's like in love with one guy, but not the other. So, I'm going to say this. I don't, it depends on the author, but I'm usually not a fan of books where one of my characters, one of one of my characters, one of the characters is like, I'm in love with some relative of yours. And I'm just like, really? Now you annoy me. That being said, some authors are able to do a really good job of showing us how what that person, what that character thought was love, wasn't love. And, you know, how they are able to see the difference when they actually do fall in love with the other, you know, with the other main character. And how they're able to then sort of see the contrast between what they thought was love, what they believed was the one, and what, you know, the reality of it with this person is, the actuality of it is. Um, so I don't always like gravitate to these, but when they're done well, I do really enjoy them. And I think that Jackie does a very good job of making it clear to us, the reader, that Brian understands where he is in relation to Vince, the younger brother, and we see the shift throughout the book, right? Where he, you know, is doing the compare and contrast kind of thing. Now, um, trying to like, in this portion, not talk about spoilers because I'm going to like, you know, tell y'all that I'm spoiling it and then spoil it. But right now I'm trying not to spoil it. So I guess like you're maybe like, well, like, okay, so it's an, a bachelor. So it's a bachelor auction. They go on a date, then they become roommates. And, you know, um, it wouldn't be a Jackie Law book if there wasn't a shit ton of food. You're going to be hungry reading this. I don't know how you couldn't be hungry reading this because I'm sorry. She's just like, do you know what I'm going to give you? Amazing food descriptions. And I mean amazing food. There are baked goods. There are dumplings. There's, you know, really inventive cocktails. It is like a feast for the senses in that respect. Um, And she does that so well. And I think what's, and I've mentioned this before, she uses food, right? Her characters use food as a way to show um, the deepening emotional connection, which I love because I'm a person who loves food and loves um, connecting with my loved ones over food, through food, with food. You know what I mean? Like, um... One of my favorite things, which, you know, the current plague has, you know, really, really fucked with is I love going out to eat, experiencing, you know, um, new dishes, the whole experience of going somewhere. And it, sometimes it can be fancy. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's a literal hole in the wall. But going and experiencing amazing food that has you like, you know, sort of looking around and going like, is is this real? Is this really happening? Is this like, oh my God, like my taste buds are singing. There's a whole, you know, chorus happening. Um, I love that. And, but I also love seeing um, characters that are showing how much another character matters to them through food in the sense of like they're baking or they're procuring food whether it is that they're actually making it themselves or you know getting it delivered because sometimes you know you can't cook so you're not trying to kill nobody you ain't trying to give nobody no food pies but you know they need to eat 
I, that food poisoning sounded like food poisoning. I don't know what that was, but you know, um, so I think she really, she, and I've said it before, um, she does that really, really well. And we get to see that again, um, in this, in this book. Um, I also really, is this Jackie's first MM male, male? It might be. I'm trying to think now. I believe it is. Hmm. Yeah, I think so. Um, I really like that we... The book isn't just focused on, like, them, you know, being queer and how terrible their lives are because of it. Um, they have contrasting, you know, experiences uh, with being queer and out. Um but that's not like the overarching like focus of the book. The book is more focused on each of them and where they're going in life, both individually and together. And I was like, oh, I like this. I like this so much. Um, so yeah, it's a really, um, you don't have to read the first book, uh, Pregnant by the Playboy, to understand this book. I mean, to me, I'm always going to be like, but it enriches your reading experience um, to, you know, have sort of that part of the, you know, the world um, already having that knowledge. But, like, it's fine. Like, the world isn't going to end or, you know, I was going to say Rome won't fall, but it's dumb because Rome did fall so long ago before all of these. Um, but so, yeah, so don't worry if you're like, oh, well, I haven't read Brayden by the Playboy. I mean, you can always read it after. Um, but I really like I really like Cedric and Brian together and how they. How they I feel like early on, they both are trying to, I guess, okay, what I'm trying to say is, like, they aren't, like, shitty people. There is no, like, I have to grow from bringing a, a shitty human into a better one. No, because they, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty cool, awesome, decent people. They more so have to, in some ways, bring that out in each other. Like, sometimes it's hard to, like, look at yourself and think that you're, capable and confident and you can do stuff and you're and you know yes you're told to believe in yourself but sometimes it's really hard to do that and I feel like these two characters end up helping each other like helping the other see you know what's already there but that is sometimes really hard sort of like when you know you're being told like list you know all of your positive traits and you're sitting there like positive traits what are those what do they look like i don't know but if you were to ask a friend if you were to ask a loved one they start listing all these things you're looking at them like girl what <laughs> really are you sure uh mm, I, I i don't know i feel like you're wrong and they're looking at you like girl no and vice versa when they need to list all their positive traits are all like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, what, girl? But this, 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 this. Because it's always easier to see the positive and the good in others in a way that it be- can become very difficult to do it when you're looking at yourself internally. Um, so, yeah, the book is set in Toronto because, you know, Toronto. Um and interestingly, I think that this might be one of her books where Toronto doesn't really, it's not as much of, the book could really have been set in any city. Or no, that's not what I'm trying to say. Incorrect. Um, what I'm trying to say is in some of her books, I feel like the city of Toronto, the way she describes it and how it's laid out and how the characters interact with the city and vice versa is so central it feels like to the story and I think in this one it's not um and I know that it's set in Toronto because but it's not a book where I'm like oh yeah like it would have been a different story if it had been set in a different city I don't necessarily think that 
Um, but I still think that um, what what I think is also really cool is places that she has, you know, mentioned in previous in other books that are set within this sort of same universe are present, like make appearances. And so there's this like, you get the continuity of that as a reader when you've been reading all of the books you're like oh yeah like that place shows up and that place shows up which is really like I like that I like that sort of like I wouldn't say it's an easter egg but it's that cute like little like it's like when you have that moment when you're watching a movie that was filmed in your city and you're like I know where that is oh my god I used to go to school there oh my god like that's my doctor's office you know what I mean like it's that but in book form. Um, and I, I love that. I, I'm always like, oh, this is fun. Um, and because I've said it before, like, I grew up there. And usually I'm like, mm-hmm. but I think she, she captures the most beautiful essence of the city. And she really, she creates such an inviting and wonderful Toronto and that is skill because I think that there are people who wouldn't be able to do that um and Jackie Lau's like but I can because I'm brilliant okay uh I mean sorry for the rest of y'all but it's okay um but yeah I really now this is not if you're like I need an angsty book um girl no this is not this is not that um this is not like, oh my god, the angst is killing me and I'm sobbing into my pillow at three. No, no, none of that. But I love that. I love that this is still very much a full foot. Is there a third act breakup? I don't think there is. Uh-uh. Is there conflict? Yes. But you know what they do? You know what they do, guys? They communicate. They speak to each other they actually communicate we don't have some weird miscommunication bullshit that don't make no sense and you're looking at the page like the fuck no we don't get that we get two characters who are like uh i'm unsure i'm insecure i'm unsure i'm insecure and then they have a conversation they have a conversation it's great i love it um, so yeah, if you're like, I hate those like weird miscommunications that blows up and everyone's like, then you're hoping, you know, like you're waiting for the gravel. Don't worry. You don't have to dread that moment because it doesn't happen because these are adults. These are adults in a relationship, not children, adults. Cause Cedric, I believe is 36 and Brian is younger than him. So I think he's like 32, 33 and like grown people in their 30s i shouldn't say that because there are grown people in their 30s who are like communicate i don't know what that is i've never done it before and so i will just blow things up but they don't do that um the characters they very much you know talk to each other oh also another thing jackie's secondary and even you could say tertiary characters aren't flat and i say that to say that like like, we get to see, obviously, Cedric's family, but we also get to see Brian's um, friends and sister, and they don't feel, like, flat. <sighs> what is the word? The words there are failing me today, but you know when you read a, a book and the secondary characters, you're like, you were literally just there to say this one line like there was that's not what we get here like it feels like at any moment we could like leap from the pages of this book into another book that would be their book if if that makes sense like they aren't just like um props or plot devices they feel like real characters who like our main characters are living their lives and we're seeing their interaction with the main characters and we're loving it 
but it's not this like well the main characters are the only real sort of thing on the page and everything else is sort of like you know it's not like the main characters are 3d right and you can turn them around like a real doll and then everyone else is like 2d flat image and you're just like "Mm." i mean no you know what i mean like and i really really like that um because i definitely was like oh so like who like i already have characters in this book that i'm like so do they get books because i would love to i would love to read those i mean i'm just you know just putting it out there i would I, i want you know um uh brian's friend carrie who also is like vince's friend and like i feel like she was instrumental in both of their relationships i'm like so does carrie get a book i'd like to see carrie get a book um and then brian's other friend chris i i was just very like hmm I want, I want more from these characters. Um, so I really, really, um, enjoyed that. And I, oh, and then, oh my God. Okay. So the Popo is the grandmother and she is hilarious and she's hilarious in Julian's book. She's hilarious. And like, she is a character and I'm just like, I would love some like ridiculous short story like with the grandma because she is so funny um i'm just like please but anyway um i have some more stuff i want to say but i feel like that then spoils it so since the book came out just now literally i'm gonna pause here right you're gonna hear my my voice that will sound better because it won't have been is fucked up right now. Sorry, y'all. Um, you'll 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 hear that voice, the better voice, with the commercial, and then I'm gonna come back, and then I'm gonna spoil shit. So if you're like, "Ew, spoilers, no nasty, gross," don't listen to that part and just skip ahead to gratitude, attitude. Uh, but if you're fine with spoilers, then you you can just <laughs> there's nothing you need to do but keep listening. All right, I'll be right back. Okay, so spoiler time. Okay, guys, so spoilers for bidding for The Bachelor. So if you're like, ew, spoilers, dude, this is where you, this is where you stop. This is where you stop listening. You don't care? Keep listening. Okay, so in the book, Cedric's, like, writing idea ends up being, Cedric is stuck about what to write and eventually you know, he ends up kind of going with his grandmother's idea. Um, and he ends up writing a cozy mystery about a grandmother who solves like murders. Um, but the first murder she comes across is because she's selling cannabis infused dumplings. And, um, I was just like, wouldn't it be awesome if Jackie Lau created short stories of this, like, cozy mystery and they were just like really short shorts that would be hilarious or even better like uh cedric giving popo pages of the short and her reaction to them but you know whatever um but now this this book um i didn't want to mention it in the first part because i wasn't sure if it's like some people would consider it a spoiler or not but um both Brian and Cedric are bi, um, but Cedric is also demisexual, which I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I really liked, you know, seeing that and, like, re- how he came to that realization. And I think what's also really interesting is they're both, they're both, you know, bi men, queer men, but Cedric's family fully accepts him and Brian's is not. He is disowned by his father and has no relationship with his mother because she can't go against her husband um and so but what i think what i really enjoyed was the whole book isn't just about like brian's like messed up relationship with his parents it is a it is obviously in the book and it's important because it explains why brian is the way that he is and why he's struggling with figuring out what to do with his life but it isn't the only it isn't the main focus 
if that makes sense. Um, and so we get to see with Cedric and Brian this contrast of like a queer man who is fully accepted by his family, but is a writer who's struggling with writing, and then we have a queer man who is not accepted by most of his family and doesn't really have an aim or a goal in life because up until this point he's just been rich and been focusing on pissing his father off so we get to see what's really it you know you might be like well that's like unbalanced but what's fascinating like brian is so focused on supporting cedric and brian doesn't look at cedric like you're a loser because you wrote some books or whatever and now you can't write he's just like okay what do we got to do to get you writing like what's the best we'll create a schedule for you and he like makes him breakfast every day which like i'm sorry what that's amazing um and on the flip side as cedric what as cedric starts to care for brian and really pay notice you know everything that brian does um and how good he is at it because brian it becomes very clear pretty early on i think that brian is really good at events or not just at events he has a really good memory for really great places he's able to tell people oh well if you were thinking about this you should try that you should go here he loves you know food and going to places and then he you know and at first I thought is Brian gonna turn into like a a baker but it turned into no Brian likes baking but he was like "Mm, I'm not trying to do that as like my job but he ends up realizing that he can plan events and be an event planner um which I was like yeah why not like that's that's definitely something that he could do and Cedric not only does Cedric see that and point that out to him but it's not like Cedric's thinking I'm a writer and you're just an event planner they don't have those weird like sort of class lines i mean it also helps they both are from money right brian has more money only because he you know sold the massive mansion that he had and is now you know living off of that and cedric does have a few moments where he's kind of like he didn't go into business like his brothers did and so he's just like i'm a writer like i'm not i'm not i'm not swimming in the dough i'm actually the opposite but they aren't like they aren't snobs, I think, is um, what I'm trying to get at. And seeing the two of them together as they both... Because I think at the beginning, like, the book is very... Like, we start off with, like, Brian thinks that Cedric is, like, attractive, kind of. And he's kind of like... I think he might even, at, for a moment, think, oh, do I only think Cedric is attractive? Because I was, you know, quote-unquote, in love with his younger brother. But as time goes on, he's like, no, it's Cedric that I'm attracted to for, you know, for Cedric's sake. And, um, you know, and I think that Cedric looks at Brian and just sees someone who's so completely out of his his fear that he doesn't even think like anything of it. Like, he's just like, okay, my roommate. And it isn't until he really starts to get to know Brian that he you know, then became sexually attracted to him, which is, you know, bringing it back to the fact that Brian, or Brian, I keep doing that, Cedric is demisexual, which is that people who are demisexual feel sexual attraction for people that they have an emotional connection to. They aren't emotionally already invested in you. They are not going to be attracted to you. And so... For people who aren't demisexual, you'll see someone who's hot and be like, yeah. And they're looking at them like, I don't know. But once they get to know that person, then they'd be like, oh my God, so hot, so attractive. But there has to be that emotional connection. Um, And so seeing the two of them as they are, because they think that they're both in the, that when we meet them, they're both in this weird place of like, what are we doing with our lives, right, individually? Brian has no idea what to do. Cedric is a writer, but hasn't been able to write. So he's also in that, like, limbo of, like, what am I doing with my life? And then as they both become more comfortable with each other, I think that 
but it isn't just more comfortable with each other. They start to really like listen to the positive feedback that they're getting from the other person. Um, and it's not a question of like, oh, they're just saying it that it's like they start to really like hear it and believe it. And then you sort of see how they're, they like grow. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, like I said, this isn't an angsty novel where you're just sobbing into your pillow and you're going, how could this have happened? No, um, you're going to be laughing. You're going to be smiling. You're going to get hungry um, because Jesus, yo, man bakes, um, but muffins, biscottis, cookies, cakes, and then they go out to eat. And then the dumplings, I legit, I posted on my Instagram stories, um, I ordered dumplings for lunch because I was like, um, I really want dumplings. And this book only made me want more dumplings because, oh, Cedric's grandmother, who's mad old, I think she's 92, um, makes amazing dumplings and no one else in the family can make them. And then, you know, who ends up being able to make them after a lot of practice, Brian, which I also really love that, right? Julian and Vince both have wives. Um, and yet Popo wasn't like, oh, I'm only going to teach like or try to teach the women um, this this skill. She Brian wanted to learn and she was all for it. Brian does end up learning. Um, and so he's able to like that information, that knowledge about all of that is is not going to be lost when Popo passes away, right? That will may be a part of the Fong and now Fong Poon family. Um, and I really, really... Because the thing is, right, like Vince and his wife, Julian and his wife, they may have learned, but they have kids and their kids might end up learning from Brian, right the they might be end up learning from their uncle how to make these dumplings and so you you get to see that sort of like um passing down of information you know from generation to generation but i really liked that popo wasn't like oh no not you she's just like all right you you learned and so therefore um so yeah because they talked about dumplings so much i had to get some too um so it's just these are books that I think are just wonderful reads when you really want a romance, but you don't want to get, you know, your heart ripped out of your chest, stomped on, split into 77 pieces and put back with half a crack missing, right? And they just feel like, like the what is it? Cedric is writing cozy mysteries. I want to be like, this is cozy romance. Like it's, and it's tackling, you know, um, because it's not like it's staying away from like real life issues, right? Like Brian doesn't have a dad because his dad is trash and barely has a relationship with his mother because she won't go against her husband for her son. Right. And, Yet, the books don't feel like, they're not like trauma porn, which, ugh, thank God, they're just really great romances. Um, so I really, really, really enjoyed it. I mean, again, I'm a fan, so I don't know that I can be unbiased or, what's the word, objective, um, because I'm a fan and I really enjoy the books. Oh, and I got like an advanced reader copy. So like, I really enjoy the books. Um, but I think that if you haven't read Jackie, please, please do pick up any, any of her books. It doesn't matter which one, any of them I will say are really great. Um, this is just her latest example of how good she is at what she does. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. That this is just the latest example of how good she is at this. Because she, she's good at it. She's real good. She's really, really, really good. Um, and I think you'll 
you'll really just they're just warm and i love that i really really love that and there's like like the kids there's references to goats and unicorns um and i also am curious about cannabis infused dumplings so if anybody knows about that like in real real life um i'm just saying that might that might be that might be top tier um but yeah i think that's all i've got for y'all for this one oh one last thing uh because we're in the spoiler section so i can say this brian and cedric aren't like we're together now and we must have kids they're very much like kids are cute kids are great kids that belong to other people are great we are good and in cedric's case his brothers both have kids right in brian's case one of his close friends uh a couple that he's really close to they have two so they are exposed to you know children but they are in agreement that they don't want kids and then the epilogue comes and there isn't a surprise surrogate baby there isn't none of that because they don't need children to like complete their their love story um they very much are just like we're really happy together and we're really happy to be the awesome uncles and that's good enough and i really like that um because i do think that sometimes it feels like the only way an hea is like legitimate is if there's a baby and the reality is that not everyone wants kids not everyone can have kids not everyone should have kids um and that's okay that's not weird or oh that's okay and there shouldn't be this whole like well when are you going to silence don't ask don't you know um so i like that because you you might be thinking but it's an mm story i'm like yeah and like even in in even in same sex pairings um there's sometimes the expectation of like a baby but surrogacy and it's like or that's not what they want and that is okay um and they're both very clear and upfront about that um and so there is no like surprise like wait you don't want kids but i want kids there's none of that um so yeah really 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 loved it um it's a it's a good book guys it's a good book and like i said all three brothers books are out so if you really want to i mean julian's book came out first so you would read julian and then vince and then cedric um but you don't have to you could also read in any order like they stand alone enough that you don't you won't ever like have the reading experience ruined by reading them out of order i guess um so yeah right i'm gonna pause here um drink some water because damn my throat and then it'll be time for gratitude attitude all right i'll be right back all right it's time for gratitude attitude and this week the three things that i'm grateful for first is um so i get acrylic nails done and i have the stiletto which is a the long pointy one that looks like basically looks like claws i love that shit i've been doing it for years and my nail guy um his name is luis camilo and he's in the bronx at yocasta barbershop he's in the back of the barbershop and he i go to him right and i usually am like i want these two colors because recently i've been doing a color per hand because I saw it elsewhere and I thought it was cool. And I'll be like, I want these two colors, one on each hand, and I want stones. And then he, and then I let him like do whatever he wants. And he always comes up with really cool stuff that I would never have thought of doing or could have imagined designing. And 
I just really appreciate all the work that he puts in because I just end up like looking at my nails and like being like, oh my God, I love it. Oh my God, I love it. Like I just, everything he does, I love. So really, really grateful um, that I know him and that I, you know, found him. Um, When I first moved to the Bronx, um, I was like, I need a new nail place. And I ended up finding him at one salon. And then I basically followed him wherever he's gone. When I lived in the Bronx and he had moved, he was like an 18, not even a 15 minute walk from my house. Of course, now I'm in Queens. So I got to get on two trains and a bus. But I don't care. I don't care. Because you know what? It's worth it. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I'm grateful. Well, two and three are kind of like part of the same sort of experience. So I am a massive Dermot Kennedy fan. And when I say massive, I his first album, Without Fear, came out September of 2019. At some point, Spotify did the thing and... I want to say in August on one of the many like we think you'll like this playlists gave put one of his songs on and I was like oh my god who is this and as soon as that album came out that album like I said that album came out September of 2019 and he was my top artist for 2019 because I'm pretty sure I'd listened to that album on repeat for at least at least a month and a half if not two straight months like I know from when it dropped in September through like 30 days of that into November like so I've just been listening to him you know and then the pandemic hit and I've just been listening to him I was lucky enough to get to see him um right before everything went to hell at Radio City Music Hall in New York City but by the time I'd figure found out um about the tickets because I can be slow about that kind of stuff it was a shitty, shitty seat or whatever. Anyway, pen, everything, you know, goes out. I want to say May of this year or May or June, he's like, I'm going to be touring in the U.S. None of the dates were near New York. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should. Da, 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 da. I was like, I guess I won't go. Right. The closest was Boston, but I was like, oh, I don't know. Then I started seeing footage and the FOMO hit me. The FOMO hit me hard. I'm not going to lie, guys. I was like, am I really going to miss out on this? Because after these U.S. dates, he had dates in the U.K. and then dates next year in Ireland. And I was like, okay, well, would love to see him in Ireland. But, like, it'll be a lot harder to get there. Um, I mean, cost and all, everything, especially with everything that's going on. So, anyway, long story short, I decided I'm I'm going to see him before he leaves. And I would manage to get a ticket, a ticket to the Grand Rapids show in Michigan. I've never been to Michigan. I've been to the Detroit airport on my way to Canada, but I've never been in Michigan. Never, you know, whatever. So I had no idea what to expect. So I am a planner. Um, well, ugh, yes, I know. But whenever I'm traveling somewhere, especially if I'm, if I'm traveling solo, I like to like look at where I'm staying and then start to look at the restaurants nearby and then I do two things right I look to see like what's the walking distance from the hotel or Airbnb I'm staying at because I don't drive um and I don't want to have to lift to everything or uber to everything and then I look to see through their website I look at their website and then I look to see if they have Instagram I don't care if you have Facebook, it's gross. But if you have Instagram, I'm like, oh, okay. Then I look at that. I look at pictures both on Google and I look at pictures on the Instagram. Because I like things to be bougie sometimes. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yes. This, like, very plain, basic. But usually I'm looking for bougie. I'm going to fall for a place that's got marble accenting, gold accenting, rose gold accenting, blush walls. Yo, I, I'm I'm there. Unless, of course, the reviews are like, everything looked cute, but the food was trash. Then I'm not there. So I was looking for a bunch of places because I was like, okay, like I've never been here. And I'm not someone who's like, I'm not home. Let me eat at McDonald's. Ew, if you don't. Or coffee shops. Like, I want real coffee shops. I will drink Starbucks, you know, on, you know, 
because there is no other choice, but that's not what I'm looking for. So one of the places that I had found that looked pretty from the pictures was called Tupelo Honey. And it was like Southern inspired, whatever, whatever. Anyway, I'm saying all of this because um, I flew in Friday morning, like real early Friday morning. <laughs> like my flight left New York at six in the goddamn morning. So mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, crack, crack of dawn shit. Um, so I had gone, gotten coffee, walked around, but I couldn't check in until, you know, like check in was four. And the guy was like, we'll see if we can get check you in early. And I'm like, oh, oh no, but I can only hope and pray. So I, after coffee and walking around and whatever, I was like, I'm hungry. I should get like real, real food because I think I just had like granola with my coffee earlier. So I decided to walk over to, I think I was going to pick a different place, but I'd seen like people talking about how long the wait was. and I was like, I'm hungry, hungry. I don't think I can do that. So I walked over to Tupelo, right? Following Google Maps because I ain't been here before. I walked in and I was just like, uh, for one person. And they were like, is the bar cool? And I was like, actually, yeah, like I'm by myself. So I get seated at the bar and the guy behind the bar, the bartender, his name is Rami. And Rami was Rami. I said Rami, his name is Rami. He did correct me. So sorry. Rami was, you know, when you go to restaurants and you have servers or bartenders who you're like you're the kind like you are perfect for this job they're personable they're honest they are like helpful like he beyond exceeded any expectations I could have had which is why I went back multiple times um to eat there because the service was good and the food was good, and the drinks were good. So it was like the perfect trifecta, right? Which that is what you want, especially when you're not at home. Like when you're out, when you're somewhere far from home, you don't want to end up going somewhere where the food was shitty, or the service was shitty, or just felt off. And instead, it it just felt like such a really cool and inviting space. Um, and so for that so so grateful um because the the place that i was going to go eat at that i'd heard people talking about being busy i ended up eating there sunday before like before breakfast um before heading out or sunday i was leaving but i wasn't leaving till late so i had obviously because my flight was until 6 p.m so i had breakfast first and not a very such a diff such a contrast in energy food was pretty good not great but pretty good but it was I felt uncomfortable and I felt uncomfortable because it was a space that wasn't large but they were so busy that this isn't a place that you can go and eat and sort of like it didn't feel like you could relax and eat your food it was like rush 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 oh uh, and also there were four stools at the bar and they were like pick a seat so I did and I was like oh actually now that you've picked your seat we still need you to move over because we're going to be seating people and I wanted to be like so then why'd you tell me to pick a seat but anyway that's not what I'm grateful for right I'm grateful for the fact that Rami at Tupelo Honey in Grand Rapids which is at the base of I believe the Hyatt Place Hotel was incredible like incredible bartender incredible like individual i was so so happy um to have come across someone who was just so fucking like awesome and then the third thing i'm grateful for of course is the fact that i was able to go to grand rapids michigan and see dermot kennedy at a sold out show at glc live at 20 monroe um this was not that massive of a venue i had general admission tickets but i was staying literally right next to the venue. So I got, you know, not early, early, but I got uh, later. I didn't even check, honestly, to see what time doors opened. I was just kind of like, no, AC, rude. My AC was like, oh, is it time for me to turn on? And I was like, it's not, though. I'm talking. How dare you? But anyway, I was able to line up in the general admission line and end up not, like, too far back 
from the stage and I got to see him live. This is why my voice sounds the way it does, guys, because I'm not going to lie. I was singing along. I was screaming. I had the absolute most wonderful time. He is so good live. There were a few fan pages uh, that I follow on Instagram that had gone to multiple shows, like four or five shows. And I'm, I fully understand it because the next time he does a U.S. tour or if he does an international tour when, you know, we're not literally in the middle of a plague, I too want to attend multiple shows um, because that's how good he is. Um, I'm absolutely obsessed with his music. I cannot wait for another album. I am, I just feel so happy and so blessed that I was able to make this happen. Um, that I was able to go to, and Grand Rapids is cute. I mean, no stores really downtown, really just like little boutiques or whatever, but like, you know, an Apple store? No. And it's such a contrast to New York City where it's like, everything's in like downtown and then like, very different. But anyway, Grand Rapids is really cute. And I got to see him and I am going to be forever thankful, forever thankful and forever grateful that I had that opportunity, that I had the time to go, that I was able to get a flight, that I was able to get a ticket, I was able to get a hotel, everything, that everything just worked out perfectly. And it was like amazing, just amazing. So those are the things that I'm grateful for this week, guys. So thank you for listening. Um, like I said, bidding for The Bachelor by Jackie Lau is out now. You can go get it. Um, and I think you guys will really, really enjoy it. You're probably going to get hungry. So I would suggest reading it with snacks on hand. Just, you know, just a suggestion. Because, girl, like, you're going to get hungry because, oh, my God there's so much food um but um let me know what you guys think um and what other rom-coms are out there that are actually like you know both romantic and funny because there are too many people with that label and they're not actually amusing so sorry um so let me know let me know um again my Twitter and Instagram handles are in the show notes. Um, if you want to rate or review the podcast wherever you listen, that would be very dope. That would be very cool. I would like that. I'm just saying. Um, you obviously don't have to, but if you want to, yay. Um, and yeah, I'll be back next week with obviously more romance because <laughs> that is what this is about, right? Because it's, it is called, what is it called? Love Essie. Love Essie. Because love. Yay. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week. Bye.